Hello and welcome to our weekly ICT4D conference podcast. My name is Sonja Witzel from CRS and I'm interviewing experts for you to talk about digital development trends, innovations and good practice. Today, it's my pleasure to speak with Jocelyn Williams. She's the Director of Business Development at Everyone Mobile. And she's also located in the UK. Hello, Jocelyn. Thank you for joining us. Hi, Sonia. Thanks so much for having me. Jocelyn, my next uh, podcast series is about digital diversity, equity and inclusion. And I know that's an area that is obviously very important for Everyone Mobile. And you have a lot of work you're doing in this field. So would you like to share with us a little bit about uh, your latest project you're working on? So at Everyone Mobile, we're focusing on empowering people in, in low-income communities to improve their quality of life through the mobile phone that they already own. And one of our sort of flagship programs this year has been UAFIA. UAFIA is an online community of now over 7,000 young mums and mums-to-be living in informal settlements in Kenya. Uh, it's funded by Transform, which is a UK government and Unilever partnership. And it supports mothers to practice nutrition, health and hygiene behaviours that improve their own and their family's well-being. So we reach these women through the mobile phones that they already own with tried and tested digital tools that then build their knowledge, their confidence and their motivation to take action on health, hygiene and nutrition. When COVID-19 struck, we realized that you know, we could expand this program to remotely empower these women to become behavior change ambassadors in their own communities who are encouraging uh, some of the most vulnerable members of their communities to practice health and hygiene behaviors that directly combat and prevent COVID-19. So we did remote capacity building um, and training for the ambassadors. And it particularly focused on engaging with those who are most vulnerable and don't have access to a mobile phone themselves. So particularly people with disabilities and the elderly. The ambassadors can then report back on their actions through the platform. So things like surveys, stories, photos. And this really helps with both peer support and motivation and also enables us to track the real world impact of a remote digital intervention. So it's a great example of really the power of digital tools to be a catalyst for real world change and to actually convert knowledge into action. Thank you, Jocelyn. You mentioned that this is very much a, a collaborative project um, and obviously addressing, as you said, digital capacity building and empowering women. So do you want to talk a little bit more about the collaboration for this specific project? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I might also talk about collaboration a little bit more widely as well, because, you know, one of the things that we've found is that, you know, collaboration is absolutely important for focusing on digital inclusion. But it's not the only aspect, you know, increasing connectivity, increasing access doesn't necessarily drive digital inclusion. So in some contexts, we've even seen that mobile Internet actually widens some of the existing structural inequalities. Uh, and this is often to do with digital literacy as a primary barrier, particularly for women. So when we're focusing on the sorts of collaboration that will make truly inclusive and accessible digital programs, we know that there is no one size fits all because alongside digital literacy, there's different barriers which will affect different groups in different ways. So often we'll need different sorts of collaborations and partnerships to address them. And also any capacity building or collaboration efforts really need to be centered in the understanding that there isn't a one size fits all and that digital programs have to be tailored 
nuanced and localized if they're going to link closely with what communities want, trust and need. So at Everyone Mobile, as well as bringing together a broad range of different actors in collaboration, we also use a human-centered design approach during all of our program design and our user needs assessment. And this really helps us to focus on specific barriers to inclusion that affect our specific target groups and then design capacity building and digital inclusion solutions that address those. So these might be uh, educational barriers, cultural, technological, motivational, financial, and they're going to require different solutions and different collaborations tailored for those in contexts and environments. I mean, one interesting example, again, linking back to the UAFIA program, when we started the program, we identified that actually the main barrier for the young mothers in changing their real world behaviours wasn't actually a lack of knowledge, it was a lack of confidence. And so once we realised that through our human-centred design approach, we were able to design a solution through collaboration that responded to that and really focused on confidence as the key barrier to overcome. Uh, one last thing on collaboration is that really the driving force behind collaboration efforts does need to be the wants, the needs and the motivations of the target group themselves. So that's why when we design our solutions, it will be in collaboration with a range of key stakeholders like different funders, the private sector, local authorities, but first and foremost, it's in collaboration with the target group themselves, gathering feedback and insights at all the different stages of the design and the implementation process, and then adjusting our approach in line with those changing requirements of our end users. We also drive collaboration as well with other organizations through our provision of technical assistance. So we do a lot around providing advice, expertise, and co-design support to other organizations and this is really important to enable collaboration by building their capacity to understand and effectively leverage digital tools and make sure that they're doing that in a way that really supports digital inclusion. Thank you. As you mentioned, obviously, Everyone Mobile is driving a lot of collaboration. And I also love that you are really highlighting the importance of local leadership and really co-designing the initiatives with the communities. But on a wider spectrum, um, looking at the sector at large, who do you think should be driving this collaboration on a broader level rather than within the specific projects? I know often implementers are looking at the donors or we're looking at maybe policymakers, but what are your thoughts on that? So in my mind, as I said, the driving force will be the communities themselves and sort of their wants and needs. But there's definitely a really important role for each and every one of us to play. I do think that there does need to be a strong commitment among funders and policymakers because in reality, availability of funding drives the sector. And so if there isn't that commitment at the funding level, even if there is a commitment at the implementation level, it can be really, really hard to actually gather the resources and mobilize collaboration around it. So in my mind, it really is, you know, all of us do need to commit to it. All of us really need to recognize both the power of digital and the fact that digital in and of itself is not the silver bullet. You know, if we don't make it inclusive, if we don't commit to digital inclusion, it can exacerbate inequalities. But I definitely think that one of the driving forces, as well as communities themselves and their wants and needs, is going to be the decisions and the priorities of funders. Because really, you know, collaboration will focus around what what there is funding for. Thank you. 
Now, obviously, diversity is a hot topic in ICT4D and digital development, always and particularly now with the COVID pandemic and our faster digitization of services. What do you think that the development and humanitarian agencies are beginning to move the dial on this issue? And what do you think um, we could do better or what might be missing? Absolutely. I mean, diversity and inclusion, we know, is sort of intrinsically linked to power structures. And we know that changing power structures is one of the most challenging things to do. At the same time, I do really feel like finally we are seeing a bit of a step change in the sector, and especially in the ICT for D sector, because digital technology does hold a lot of opportunities, I believe, to challenge some of the power structures that limit diversity. So, for example, you know, the movement restrictions we saw with COVID-19 forced all of us to take our interaction online. And, you know, this definitely hasn't been without its challenges. I found it really fascinating to see how this has then led to an increase in their diversity of participants for international conferences, because, of course, for the first time, visas and travel costs were no longer a barrier to entry. Digital can definitely make really interesting enabling environments for bringing together diverse groups of people particularly to discuss challenging topics such as inclusion. I mean, we found this in our work with sort of carefully managed digital safe spaces and online communities, which always have options for people to participate anonymously as well. And we've used these to engage really diverse groups in discussions on pretty difficult topics like gender-based violence, HIV, AIDS, sexual health. We've also found digital tools have a really important role to play in creating enabling environments for people with disabilities. You know, they can be used to provide tailored solutions that will overcome some environmental barriers if that's done very carefully and in a very focused way. I really feel that digital tools have quite an important role to play in driving forward diversity. And I'm really excited to see what 2021 is going to bring for diversity and inclusion in the ICT for the sector. Thank you very much, Jocelyn. I love your positive outlook and um, really focusing on the opportunities here. We couldn't agree more from the ICT Foodie Conference side that it is easier to be inclusive and to have a frank conversation. And I also thank you for your focus on the human-centered design earlier. I thought it was fascinating to hear that sometimes the real challenges like confidence rather than the knowledge is the key. So that was very insightful. I'm already at the end of my questions. Is there anything else you would like to add? So I think one thing from everyone mobile's perspective really is just, as I said, COVID has challenged us like never before. And it's shown us the challenges, but it's really, I think, also shown us as a sector the opportunities. We've adjusted, we've transformed programs to being remote. We've used digital like never before. And I think what we're really excited about are these opportunities to collaborate. You know, are these opportunities for us to be able to share our learning, share our expertise, and support others in this sector to really leverage digital effectively. You know, we've seen it drive real world change at scale in low income communities. And we're really excited by the momentum that we have as a sector now, and the opportunity to share this knowledge with others and really work collaboratively to really, really push things forward in a scalable and sustainable way. Thank you very much for sharing your insights. Thank you so much, Sonia. I really appreciate it. And and it was great to, to join you today. More information about our upcoming podcasts and webinars can be found on our website, ict4dconference.org. Hope you will join us again next week.